Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, our guest today is Caleb Stillians, and it's just me and and Caleb. Uh, he is a hunting guide and a fantastic human being. We met him at the Everly Stock Out There event, and um, you know, for a younger dude, he's he's got a lot of uh, a, a lot of good stuff going on. You know, and I'm just I'm just jealous that he's younger than I am. Uh, I'm the only one here today because uh, uh, Jared was at some protest about you know grocery stores and shelves being too high or something. I don't know. He's out there marching in Vegas. And I think uh, Aaron is at some kind of jujitsu sleepover event. Um, but before we start the podcast, as always, we want to talk about some of our sponsors. Uh, Everly Stock, obviously, we met Caleb through Everly Stock, and, and he did a, a movie with Glenn Everly uh, called The Full Measure. Uh, super uh, awesome stuff. Go check it out on YouTube. And uh, Everly Stock, you know, we talk about it all the time. The, the best bags, the best gear, their, their professional like uh, apparel is amazing. So go over there, use the code. Uh, or one zero or 10 to get your your discount and also to let them know that that we sent you over there and then of course cardo max you want to be jacked up you want the best flavors you want a little bit of caffeine you want some uh, immune booster you want to be hydrated they got everything for you you know we, we've had sean on the podcast and and that's a recurring theme fantastic people fantastic products of course we're going to support them we want you to support them as well uh and also because the products are so amazing we want you to you know we want you to have the benefit of that. So uh, use the code ones ready over at Cardomax and uh, get you some uh, some pick me up and also to stay to stay healthier and, you know, keep the sniffles away. So, uh, like I said, Caleb Stillian's um, hunting guide, crazy stories, fantastic person. I hope you all enjoy it later. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the team room. You're with uh, myself and a person that if I'm honest, if I was in the training situation, if I was in the pipeline, if I was on a selection, if Caleb was by my side, I'd be psyched. And the odds of me making it through would probably increase, you know, tenfold. So um, my guest today, Caleb Stillians. Uh, Caleb, welcome to the podcast. Would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, no, it's it's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I'm just a guy that likes to run around the mountains and uh, shoot some big stuff. That's really <laughs> all it is. <laughs> so Nothing special. It's just it's fun being out there in the wild and yeah, just, just learning the mountains. What I find fun about it is that uh, you can't beat the mountain, right? Like it's, it's when I'm dead and gone, it's going to be there 10,000 years from now. So it's like, it, uh, it, it humbles yourself because you're like, I'm going to beat this mountain and give it 10 days and that mountains kick your ass. And it's like, but, but then you, you can choose your perspective. It's like, Am I going to let it kick my ass? Am I going to like, okay, I can, I can do this, but I'm not, I'm not invincible, right? Cause none of right. us are invincible, but with the right attitude, we can get through anything. I was uh, reading this. I watched a movie and then I researched into this guy. Uh, it was the champions, the movie it's on Netflix right now. And it's about this box or um, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll send it to you and we can put it in the comments or something. But uh, he was a Polar, Polish boxer, and then he got sent to Auschwitz in World War II, and he was fighting like for the German entertainment. It went into his life story on how he kept a good mindset, did his best to help everyone in that bad situation, and was not broken. So it's kind of a it's a it's a unique story that like no matter what gets thrown at us because going around hunting in the mountains, nothing like getting sent to a concentration camp. Yeah. But it, it's the same mindset that carries through, I, I, I believe. So it's like the importance of like crafting that. Like I, I've never been to selection, but I'm assuming it's, it's similar. It's like you got to craft that way of thought 
of I'm not going to break. No matter what happens, I'm going to get through it, and I'm going to bring the guy with me and help him get through it. So I know that was off the, the weeds. Um, no, no. I thought that was going through my it, so. It's perfect. If anybody was like, started listening to this podcast and was like, why, why do they have a hunting guide on there? I think you just summed up why we brought you on the podcast. It's because of that, that mental fortitude and that attitude that you have, uh, the approach that you take to life that, that lines up so, so nicely with, you know, everything that we're always telling the folks to do that are interested in joining our community. Um, can we, can we start at the beginning though? Like, I, I know we, we, you and I always, talk, every time we start talking, like we kind of go down these rabbit holes, uh, let's from the beginning, how did you start, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to be a hunting guide and how did you start down that path? Like, is there like, there, is there a school is, is, you know, like to become a hunting guide? No, no. So how, how that all happened was, uh, for whatever reason, it, it's going to sound really cliche, but I, I, I knew I was going to be a like hunting since I was a little kid. Like that's was like in my DNA quotation marks and none of my family hunts. So it was kind of weird. Cause like I was this little kid running around and when I was a kid, I actually wanted to be what you guys are. Um, and I just, life just opened up different doors and I went down different paths. But when I was a kid, I, I that's what I wanted to be. Like all I was into was, was being a soldier, um, doing that lifestyle. So that's what I wanted to be. But uh, I, I ended up, I was in high school and I was shooting competitive archery. And my, my plan at that time was to get down with high school and uh, go straight into the military. Um, I, was, I was fortunate and I did really well uh, at competitive archery. I, I, God gifted me with the, the ability to aim and hit well. Um, so I, I, I got a full ride scholarship to college. I was like, well, shoot, I might as well go to college now and then go down that path. Um, and go in as an enlisted man. Don't hold that against me, but that was my plan. Uh, <laughs> but that that led me into the assistant archery coach at the college I was shooting at. Daughter married an outfitter up in Alaska, and uh, the outfitter was like, "Hey, we need some some young, dumb, strong kid that can come be the guide apprentice, work for free, and just do whatever we don't want to do." Uh, and I was uh, 19 at the time. So I was like, sign me up. I get to go to Alaska. Uh, I, I don't need to get paid. Okay. I'm cool with that. Let's just, let's just go hunt some big bears and so I'm you're good. A, a pack mule for free, basically. Yeah. Four year. Yeah. And then I got my guy's license and I got finally started getting paid, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, that's crazy. So, I mean, but yeah. like, so that starts with you saying yes, right. Being open to uh, opportunity. And, and seizing the opportunities that are, that present themselves to you. Because I, one of the things we talk about a lot is, is man, like I'm not good at very, at very many things, but I am good at saying yes. Right. Like mm -hmm. if, if someone, if, if an opportunity walks and spits on my shoes, walks up to me, you know, being able to say yes and take that risk and that opportunity, but you know, grab it by the horns, if you will, is, is a skill set that I think more people need to have if they're going to be successful. Yeah, what's this? What's this? It's having big balls, right? There's an opportunity, <laughs> and you can be like, eh, I don't know about that. Or you can be like, look at all the facts, take 30 seconds to write down pros and cons, and then it's like, there's all the facts. Let's do it and not do it. Like, don't, don't let a lot of people I've seen allow thinking to be their, uh, their procrastination. And then, then yeah. that opportunity is gone. So it's like, don't, don't let knowledge and thinking become your form of procrastination when those opportunities come. 
Is like right. look at the facts and then make a decision. Well, when you're thinking, it becomes everything, right? Like you, you've already analyzed enough of it. You have enough data to do it, but you then that they're just like forever. They're like, oh, I'm still thinking about this. It's like, bro, you were thinking about this two years ago. Like, when are you gonna have enough data to to, to make that decision? It's never gonna happen. Uh, but I, I want to go back to that year, that year that you spent just lugging heavy weight around Alaska. Like, how many times did you wake up and you were like, I absolutely cannot, will not, do not want to do this anymore? Um, so weird thing, I, I didn't have one day like that. And there was a few times I almost died because uh, <laughs> the guy the guy I walked for was, he's a nice enough guy, but he's just kind of dumb. Like I'm a 19-year-old kid that didn't know much or anything, but I'm getting sent up this, I'll just tell you the river, the Chena River, it's up by Fairbanks, um, in a jet boat by myself, running this river, cutting out log jams. And I'm originally from Missouri, right? So I don't really know how to do this shit, um, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I'll just tell you one, one story. I'm cutting a log jam out, and uh, I have the boat, like, throttled like, 40%. Just keep up with the current because you have the current trying to push you back, and you're trying to cut this path through this log jam so you can get up through with the boat. And... uh Long story short, I have one, one leg swung into the boat and one leg swung kind of pinning the, the, the bow up against the log and I'm cutting with the chainsaw like this, using the top end, pulling it in. And, uh, when that log came loose, it, it, another log or something came up and hit the, the boat and flung it out. And then, uh, I ended up going in the drink and luckily, I mean, it was deep and I lunged and came back up and I caught the, on the front of the bow of the boat, there's a cleat that ran this way. I cut, I caught that cleat with these two fingers. And when I was underwater, like sinking, cause I have hip weighters on, right? So they filled up with water. I think it was more like, whatever reason, my little angel protector, what I was like, yeah, hey, I know you're an idiot, but it's not time for you to die yet or something happened. But, uh, lunge up and I, when I was under the water, I remember thinking, wow, this is going to be harder. My mom came up, got the bow of the boat. Uh, and then got got back in it because anybody knows how a log jam walks that water is like getting sucked underneath those logs and luckily uh, I, 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 I was okay didn't get out like underneath it so that was good so like what, what that ties to is um, the the chainsaw was pinched so I, I I mean things will happen in your life where it's like holy fuck that was insane like well i almost bit the bullet and you can either be uh, a wiener about it or you can go get that ch chainsaw on pinched get it out retighten the chain oh it won't start because uh it got wet you need to pull a spark plug out try to dry everything out we dip that in gasoline and then put it back in that chainsaw and try to get it fire again or you can just quit and go home and it's like it's having the the mindset of, um, so, so some people, this is just the way I think about it is, uh, embrace the suck. Um, but I don't look at it like that. I look at it slightly different is like make the suck fun. And then all of a sudden it doesn't suck, uh, is how I look at it. So it's like, cause I, I've never been through your, like your training. So I don't know, but when, when I'm wet, cold, and I feel like I'm borderline hypothermic, um, you don't want to let yourself get the hypothermia, obviously, but when you're wet and cold and it sucks and you almost have that pain. I mean, I'm sure you had where you have that pain from being so cold and wet. Yeah. Um, 
just like how many sons of a bitches out here are doing this? Like we all, not very many. So it's like, huh, it's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. <laughs> it is. It is kind of cool. And that, that attitude is, is perfect. Cause like you get to a certain point where you just have to accept it. And like, yeah, are you going to whine about it? Or are you just going to throw a smile on your face and be like, man, this is cool. I can handle this. You know, like you, you almost died though in that, the log jam, you know, like people that people have died a lot doing that, that type of thing. Like that's a very dangerous job for someone that knows what they're doing. When you're out there 19 years old, you get sucked into the water. It's a miracle that you even made it out. And you're just like, Hey, I'm still breathing. Let's go. Let's get this chainsaw working again and, and get my job done. Yeah. That's, and, uh, and, and I think you have to like, okay, like appreciate what just happened. Cause I did take a couple of minutes like, wow, that was a close call. But it's, it's in those moments of taking a couple of minutes where you decide what's going to happen next. Cause I forget what philosopher said this, but it was like, it's not the events that affect a man. It's the view he decides to take on them. It's like we as human beings have the choice of what thoughts we are going to act on. Cause we have all kinds of thoughts, right? All yeah. over the place. There's negative ones, there's positive ones, there's this and that. And we as free autonomous human beings can decide what thoughts we are going to be. Like, right. I want to go for those thoughts because that's who I want to be as a man. That's who I want to be today, tomorrow. And that's what I want to get to. If I act on these thoughts, then that's going to take me farther away from what I want to become. Yeah. Well, it's just like you see all those like Instagram like posts like, hey, don't let toxic people in your life. It's like, hey, also don't let toxic thoughts into your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you have that inner monologue and it's weird, like I've actually read some research where everybody doesn't have that like inner voice all the time in their head. Really? But yeah, yeah. But if you're like me and you have like 800 of those guys going at all times, <laughs> Like you need to grab the ones that are going to take you in the direction that you want to go and, and you know, and, and feed them and, and listen to them uh, so that they get louder. And then you can, you can push out the negativity and, and all that other stuff, that, that victimhood mentality. Cause like everything that you're talking about, like we've all been through, right? Like mm -hmm. you have the choice to become like, Oh my goodness, I feel so bad for myself versus man. Like I just survived that. That was crazy. But like, maybe I'm more capable than I thought I was like, you know, grasp onto the positives. I'm still here. I'm still breathing that was a crazy experience. Like, how do I take this and move this forward? And how does this benefit me and the people that I, you know, people that are around me and the people that I love? Absolutely. It's, it's uh sharpening yourself so that you better like, cause we, we gain true knowledge from experiences. So it goes back to saying yes to opportunities, the more opportunities that we say yes to the more experiences we gain more valuable we are to our community, to ourselves and to our family. Yep. So I do want to go back though. I know we keep going down rabbit holes. Um, physically you're 19 and you go out there. Like I've met you and I've seen your, your videos on Instagram. Like you're a, you're a strong dude. You know what I mean? <clears throat> How strong were you when you first went out there? Like, did you do any physical prep before you went out to Alaska the first time or, you know, did it, everything kind of hit you in the face and you just had to suck it up and move forward? Um, so I've always kept myself in pretty good shape. I, I grew up as a fat kid and that somewhere around age 12, I started liking the female species. So I was like, <laughs> I got to get in shape. And uh, when that happened, I just kind of got in really good shape, um, over a couple of years. And I just kind of kept that. So it was, uh, put, I, I, I could go out and run 10, 20 miles, like no problem on it. Like, 
okay, let's go do this today and go run it. Um, I could, when I went up there at 19, I was probably about 165 and could bench 305 a couple of times. So pretty decent for the weight to, um, weight shield there. Yep. So it's just, I think it's always like putting yourself. So this is another rabbit hole, forgive me, but yep. we always, it's good to have a goal. Um, and then like, but you get, people got to be careful of like, okay, I'm going to get in shape for this event and then get in shape for this event. It's like, or you can just decide I'm going to get into shape and keep that. Cause uh, like eventually those events could, like it's like the guys in high school, right? Um, I played football when I was in high school. A lot of my buddies were in really good shape in high school. As soon as high school went away, that training regiment, the reason why they did it went away too. And now they are fat. Um, so it's like pick the lifestyle of being in shape and then practice, um, practice that. So. Well, you got to find that, that intrinsic motivation, right? The, 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 you have to value who you are enough to, to, to maintain that level of fitness. Like it's not, it's not something else telling you to do it. You decided, Hey, I want to be a fit person so I can be, you know, capable of taking these opportunities when they come to me and getting those experiences and getting that knowledge and becoming the person that I want to be, you know, like it all kind of builds on each on itself. And it seems selfish to a lot of people to be like, Oh, like what? Like, it's just for me. Like that seems like a selfish thing. And I don't know where that comes from, but the better you are, the better everything is around you, you know, the more capable mm -hmm. you are. So, I mean, and maybe that's just my, my crazy brain being like, Oh, maybe that's selfish or whatever to spend all your time in the gym and, and do all that other stuff. But like the time that you have while you're a physically fit individual, is, is better the rest of your day, right? Everything else that you do benefits from that. Absolutely. And it's, it's not, it's not selfish. Like that's, I, I think that's, forgive me, but that comes from the, the love yourself nonsense movement where it's like just totally off the wall. Like what is right has become wrong. And it's like, it's, it's not selfish to be a strong Man, it's not selfish to be in shape. It's not selfish to be smart. Like, that's what you should strive. You should strive to be smart and you should strive to be strong because now you can protect everyone around you. It's not love yourself for who you are today. Like, I'm, without sounding like an egotistical prick, I'm pretty good today. Like, I, I'm in shape. I'm relatively smart, not super smart, but relatively smart. But compared to where I want to be, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. And right. that's okay to understand that because now you can be like, I can get better because I want to be there. And, and that's, and the whole, oh, that's selfish. You should, you should be a piece of shit. And that's what you should shoot for because that, the people that are telling you that are just insecure and they don't want to see someone else succeed because they want to sit there and wallow in their own pig pen in a way. Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, speaking of, of things to shoot for and, 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 and recognizing where you're at, you said that the guy that you were out there with when you were 19 was not the best at, at what he was doing all the time. Did you meet anybody before you actually got your, your, your guy's license, uh, that, that did inspire you that like, were you out there in Alaska and you, you met someone and you're like, Hey, this is the pinnacle. This is what I want to shoot for. Uh, at least in the short term when, when you got your license. Um, a little bit. So it's, but, um, so even though that guy, um, I want to make it clear is that even though he wasn't like what he 
could have been like as a as a teacher as of being responsible um it's funny you can learn stuff from everyone um and i won't i'm not talking about any questions so i just want to make sure like he he's not a bad guy he just wasn't good in these fields of teaching um right so, so preference that but uh my brother-in-law now i introduced him to my sister and they ended up getting married he was uh very humble um kind of like hey this is what you want to look for i didn't get to see him that much that season because i was kind of off he, they were in one part of alaska and i was doing this part um well so it's so small you guys were like basically right next to each other right alaska's tiny exactly yeah it's yeah. tiny okay it's like the size of a 12 year old shoe um but it <laughs> but uh yeah no, so i met him and he's an awesome individual and it was fun getting the loan from him um sorry about that and it was it was good so i i think of uh yeah it was good so i, I loaned from him and then continued from there and then what, what year was that when you got your, uh, your guy's license? That was 20, 2018. Okay. So you really, I mean, I'm, I'm old, obviously. I don't think we told anybody how old you are. And it's weird because like every time I meet you, I'm like, I don't know how you got to where you're at, at the age that you're at with the mindset that you have. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, you say you're relatively smart. I must be like not smart because it's taken me a long time to learn a lot of the stuff that you learned pretty early on. Um, what, what was that? How have you gotten? Like, how have you made sure that you made progress the whole time? Cause like 2018, you get your license. And obviously, like, I don't want to like jump ahead too far, but you've been doing some pretty big guides. Like you're involved with, you know, some, some pretty, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like important, but like, yeah, important stuff. And, and people know who you are in that community, you know, like, like I introduced you to somebody and they were like, I want him to take me on a, on a guided hunt, you know, at the thing. And they're not nobody. So like, how did you maintain that? Like, pursuit of excellence since 2018 and, and what were those like uh the goals that you wanted to hit yeah so i think the the biggest thing was having a what propelled me forward was the willingness to do the sucky the suckiest job that no one wanted to do with a with a smile on my face so i'll tell you a story um i was walking for this the same guy this is after i got my guide's license um, we are out in uh, Prince William Sound doing yacht-based hunts. So we're on the ocean. Um, it, it was honestly, because this is, again, like, every, even though that guy wasn't teaching me anything, he was putting me in a situation where it was like sink or swim, um, which worked out because luckily I didn't sink. Uh, but so the story was is these boats, one of the village pumps went out, right? And we had this huge storm where it's just dumping an insane amount of rain. And uh, every, I don't know, probably 45 minutes, that boat, since the village pump went out, had to be bailed. And it's just dumping down rain. So you, the salt's doing this. So uh, somebody's got to go out in that boat, hop in it with a five-gallon bucket and dump it out every 45 minutes and get absolutely soaked by doing it. And make sure you don't fall off into the ocean as it's, like, bumping through the, like, as it's doing what the ocean does. Uh, and there was... Two of us are roughly the same age, um, and one never did it, and I did it over and over again in the middle of the night, get up, go do it, go do it. And what, what happened was the people that were on that boat, the clients, very successful businessmen, recognized that because um, people notice things. They don't always say stuff, but especially successful people notice things. They're always paying attention. 
and uh, that gave me a big opportunity to uh, down the road to make some money on a house flip because I wanted to flip this house, develop a relationship. Those people recognized that this individual is willing to walk, period, and do it with a good attitude. So I think having those two things is uh, is important to anybody's success. Is because you know how some people you and me that work really hard, but they bitch every second about the hard work they have to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, no one wants to be around that. So even though they have a good work ethic, their mindset doesn't pair with that, and then it almost causes this toxic odor. Well, if that person walks really hard like that and has a good attitude, they're going to have opportunities open up like insane. Like they have to practice the art of saying no to the opportunities because there's so many if if you marry those two. Dude, that's a whole different podcast. The whole saying no to opportunities, that's tough. Like when you get to a certain point. But we, we talk about that all the time when people are like, what's it like when you first get on team or when you first get anywhere? And you're surrounded by a new group of people and, and you're the new person. And what we say is we're like, take out the trash, right? Whenever you're at like a new unit, like you show up or you're a young guy. And, and, and that's our version of that is, is you don't know anything about anything. But what do you do? You put a smile on your face. You pay attention to what's going on around you. And like the little things like taking out the trash, hauling the gear back and forth, you know, um, those are the important things that, like you said, will uh, show people that you're, you're not too good to do anything, you know? And then especially if you put a smile on your face, they're like, man, I want to work with this dude. Like, cause you, you've shown the, the bare minimum, like you can work, you have a positive attitude and you, you're not going to be like, Oh, like, isn't there somebody else that can take out the trash? Like, I think I'm an important person. It's like, no, there's, there's work that needs to be done, get to it. And then eventually you'll start climbing that ladder and people will recognize it. But I think holding on to that as well is super important as, is, is, is still no matter where you get, like if, it, if the, the trash is there, you got to take it out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, it's, it's easier to do that with a smile on your face than if you're, you're whining and complaining all the time. Cause nobody wants to be around that. And you don't even want to be around that as an individual. Like when you hear yourself talking, it creates negativity within yourself that, that isn't helpful to anybody. Absolutely. You got to recognize that when those moments happen, it's like, screw that. That's not who I am. Like kill that piece of you. Cause there's that little, little bit that creeps in of whatever you want to call it. And it's like, as soon as that does kill it, I guess I'm not tolerating that, but just kill it. And I think another piece uh, is becoming a good question. Like, like asking good questions. I was trying to formulate that mind. So being really good at asking questions and only voicing your opinion when asked, especially when started out, because you want, because I've, I've noticed this because knowledge is so like readable. Uh, you can learn a lot really quick, but it's really, it's not on knowledge. It's just read knowledge. So I, I've met several young, young, I say young people that are a little bit younger than I am. That's and, you, man. You're, you're young people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but we're always so eager that the talk about how much we know. And we got to be careful that, because we need, if you want to gain someone's respect, it's not by saying how much you know, it's showing them that you give a shit about what they know. And then it, and it's reciprocal. And once you show that, then they're going to ask you questions. And then that's your opportunity to show how much you know. But you can't do 
the lateral in front of the formal because then all of a sudden you just look like a, a blowhard that's trying to try and too hard and that's an idiot. Well, it's it's it, 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 it's difficult when you you're you're the experienced person in the situation, right? When someone shows up and they start asking a bunch of questions, and this is one of the things that I I do gripe about certain things about having the podcast is people that that show up and like my DMs and start asking questions without any basis in uh, experience or, you know, they've done zero research and it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey man, like I got 20 years of experience and you're going to come to me with, with, you know, you've put in zero into this conversation. You obviously haven't like watched any of the podcasts. You haven't read any of the Mm -hmm. stuff that I've written and you want to come at me and be like, Hey, like I need this answer right now. Mm -hmm. It comes across as a little arrogant, you know, like, and I, like there, there are people that I will absolutely not go to and just start asking questions. Like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm newer in the, like the, the business podcast marketing world or whatever it is that this is. And mm-hmm. so like, I can't just go to the people that I have met and be like, Hey, like, how did you, you know, like, Hey, just chill out, like ask for the opportunity to be in the space with them and just mm-hmm. chill and learn and then see how they do things. Cause you're going to learn more, I think by watching them than you will by, you know, asking questions. And, and like you said, learning that, that knowledge without experience, that is basically worthless. And then like, if I spend enough time doing that, then I'll actually ask better questions and not insult mm-hmm. their intelligence, you know, and not be like, Hey, I want all of your experience, all these years of experience given to me right now. Cause that's just not the way it works. Yeah. And, and what we preference on like what I was, like, I think in videos, when I was say, saying that statement is, is like you are in a walking environment with them. They are part of like your walking team. And it's not really asking questions as of like, give me your knowledge. It's asking questions of who they are, like engaging questions, like like showing that you, you, in my mind, give a damn about that person and who they are. Like, like, I think it's a little bit different. Um, You got to have social intelligence, right? You got to read the guy that you're asking the question to. If it's a guy that's like, yeah, that guy does not want to talk to me. Um, you better own his respect through actions and that words before you start talking to him. Yeah. Like what you were saying. Yeah. No. And, and, and man, that social intelligence and in, we, we talk about all the time in the soft community is it's a, it's a personality based community, right? Like if you can't get along with people, if you can't read the room, then you're, you're going to be uh, less valuable, especially for like on the air force side. So like we attach to, other other teams when we deploy right like so if you're a pj or a combat controller or sr guy <clears throat> i could take you and, and put you with a green beret team downrange and you've never met those guys before and those social skills are so important to be able to read that room and to be who you are and to not like try to jump too far too fast if that's not who you are uh but being authentically who you are and 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 being able to like get along in those situations is super important and i have to imagine with you you get new clients all the time like someone hires you like you show up in a place and it's like a new thing every time. Like you have to figure out who they are, what they like, what their goals are, and then try to uh, facilitate the experience that's going to make them the most happy. Absolutely. Now, you, I mean, you got to read people, right? And if you can't read people, it's life's going to be hard. So if, if you can't and you're like, oh, I suck at this, you need to start devoting time to, to develop that skill because in guiding, I, I – I have some guys that own several hundred million dollar companies, like their net worths in, in the billions. And it's like, how you got to read that person. How do I need to communicate with him? Um, because you get one chance to make a first impression. 
Or you might have the guy that saved up his entire life be on that hunt. How do I need to communicate with him? And like, so you, and, and also it's moment by moment because each portion is such a, a, a dynamic individual that one moment you might need to be the, like the, the asshole, like, Hey, quit being a freaking blinky blank, blank, blank. And let's go. Um, and then other moments when they like feeling down and like, et cetera, your job is not to break that individual. Your job is to make that individual successful. So that's when you might need to be the little, like more of a preppy cheerleader. Like, come on, man, you got this. We got this. We're in this together. Let's just do 20 more steps and then we can take another break. And then you just break it up in the bite size chunks for them. So it's like, re- you got to be able to read people. You just have to. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. It's and I and I know people probably show up with like different levels of experience and and ego and all these other things and like walking them through that process. Because what you do, like I, I saw the video you did with Glenn, and I want to talk about you and I really talk here in a little bit. But like, it, it's it's every day is a new day. You know, like if if you took me out, right? Like I might have good days and bad days, and your your job is to like make sure that I I get what I want, right? And it's and it's weird. Um, but like I, if I show up and I'm like, Hey, I'm like a, a special operations dude and I know everything. Like you gotta be like, okay, let's, let's chill out and, and like, see how far you, you can go for real. And then like, once you like, uh, are tired, I'll tell you that this is the reality and this is what we're doing. Right. Like I'm just trying to walk through the process and, and it seems like a very, like you said, dynamic situation that not only are you, you handling their personality, but like you're tired. I'm, I'm assuming you get tired sometimes. I know you're still pretty young and really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, and, and then you have to think about all the other things at the same time. So like your multitasking skills are, are insane because you got to be aware of the environment. Like if they're smoked, they're not thinking about bears or, or predators or falling down the mountain. And so I'm imagining you have like 800 things going through your brain at any given moment. Yeah, you got to be uh, aware of your surroundings. So you need to be listening to this guy's breathing behind you. And if you way far out in front of him and you can't read his body language and you're not doing a good job as a guide, your job is a to pace him at his close to maximal output where he won't break himself. So it's like, cause if you, if you go slow, then you won't ever get to the places you need to go. Um, so you gotta like find that line of where he can go. So then you lead that person based on the best that he can do, not the best that you can do. So you gotta pay attention to that. You're paying attention to the breathing. You're looking at weather, you're looking at clouds, paint it. You, you have to pay attention to the wind um, because if the wind's not doing what you want, then you're just shooting yourself in the foot, especially moose hunting and stuff like that where you low down and not high up in the mountains. So you got to pay attention to all those variables and you're scanning for stuff that pops up, whether it's a, an animal you want to shoot or an animal that might try to take a bite out of you. You got to be paying attention to all that. And when, when you first start guiding, did that take a lot more out of you physically to do all those things at once? And did you find that those things got easier through repetition? Because, you know, using your brain power, at least for me, it is fatiguing, right? And we tell our young guys, they have to be in way better shape than like the older guys, because they're going to have to think through everything. Like the things that come automatically for an older guy uh, do not come automatically for a younger guy. So they have to like think through the entire process and like how they're shooting and moving and communicating and all this other stuff in the dynamic situations. Um, did you find that early on, it was way more exhausting to, to deal with all those things? To be honest, I, I don't think I did. I, I don't remember being like super tired. I think 
I think I enjoyed it so much. I mean, I was exhausted at the end of the days and like I would just crash and go to sleep. Yeah. Um, but I think I enjoyed it so much that I didn't find it like draining, I guess. Like I was tired when I went to bed, but I didn't find it. So I would say I got better at communicating, which that was, that's probably the only variable that, um, that takes less effort now because now I can talk to someone and say less. Like if that makes any sense, like I can figure them out quicker. Um, and then, sh- yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember being like super mentally drained versus then to now you do get better with repetition with everything. Like that's, right. you, you do. Like if you think you're going to be as, if you're shooting basketballs and you're like, Oh, I got it figured out. It's like, no, do that 10,000 more times. And then you have it figured out. Do it. Right. Everything has that level to it. Absolutely. Everything. But I don't remember being super tired from from doing it because you loved it. All that, that I, attitude I, stuff. You have such a, like a, a a strong attitude towards everything. Yeah, I guess. And I like. I mean, what you're saying makes a hundred percent. Like this makes sense. I just I don't remember being like tired of, of doing it. Um, so. So I I do want to change gears a little bit and and talk about, you told me a story of how I think you met the Eberly Stock guys. There was like a a competition that they'd set up. Oh yeah. 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 I want to hear that story. Okay. So uh, I'm in, uh, what was it at? It was Utah, Park City, Utah. And uh, there was this step up challenge, strap 90 pounds on your back and step up on this box as many times as you can in 60 seconds. I'm like, well, that's easy. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I went and I was like, I'm going to do it. So I did it and I was like, well, that was an okay number. And then I did it again. And then I ended up getting somewhere around, I think it was 52. I was like, oh, sweet. And they like, that beat everyone by a lot. And there was, it was kind of funny. So this is a little bit by a, like an ego game. Cause, uh, there was a guy from the CrossFit games that placed like 43 in the CrossFit games. Uh, and I smoked him. So that was a little bit of like, yeah. Cause he's like this huge grill of a dude. Yeah. Uh, but where that goes is someone the next day, uh, the last, like put up 53. So beat me by one. And that's when you like, you got to ask yourself deep questions. I could have been like, and I thought about this. I was like, ah, it's fine. Someone can beat me. Um, and then I also knew in the back of my mind that even though I did all those auto step up, like I probably did it seven times and my legs were a little bit sore the following day by doing it that many times. Uh, but I, I knew I didn't actually give my all. And even with my legs being sore, it's just like, I, I, I know I could have done better, but for whatever reason, I just, I did it because our mind wants to do the minimum maximum output, uh, which I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, it's true. So I went back and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And I'm this time I, I, you know, I don't I don't care if I slip and bust my shin open. I don't care. I don't like get beat. Um, so I'm gonna actually give my all this time. And I, I put up like sixty something. So I beat the other guy by ten. I beat my old record by whatever. And it's I guess it's the all time Eberly Stock step up challenge. So it's someone go and beat me. So then I get pissed off and go beat my and try to beat you again. Uh, but uh. Yeah, so that's how I met those guys and formed a, uh, a level of respect with them because they seen that there's that attitude of like striving for excellence and knowing that you can always do better. You can always do better. And, and it's like 
some people are like, oh, you just need to be satisfied with who you are, what you did. And that's, that's, that's that, like stagnation is damnation. So it's like, don't continue to strive. Well, I have a thing about people saying that they're going to give 110%. And what you said earlier makes sense to me because you're like, I, I give the minimum maximum effort. But like that was like the maximum level of comfort effort that you could give, right? Like within a certain level of comfort, people don't give 110%. We just break through these mind barriers of, of our capability. And it's like, oh, I'm going to give more than 100%. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't come close to 100% most of the time. Like our body will mm -hmm. shut down. Like we'll pass out. But like if you're you're running like 70% most of the time and you think that that's difficult, like when you hit 80%, you're like, holy cow, like I, I can't believe that I was able to, to, to accomplish that. And it's like, okay, so it, it just is one of my things when people are like, oh, I'm going to go give 110%. I'm like, A, impossible, if you know mm -hmm. what percent means. And B, like odds are, like most of us, you're not putting in that much effort most of the time. Like you have so much left in the tank that you just refuse to go and dip into that because it's, it's not comfortable to go there. Like it's painful. And so like you, like you knew you had more, like even though your legs were sore, but like, you know, you get a little bit of ego involved and a little bit of self-honesty going and you're going to go back there and, and crush that competition. Absolutely. And I, I watched that video um, that you put up the other day and it's a hundred percent right. It's like what you said, it's a, it's an escape for yourself to be able to like, I'm going to go give 110%. It's like, why didn't you do that the first time? Why didn't you go give your best the first time and ask yourself truthful questions and that because you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the person you're talking to by saying that because reality, you're not going to go do that because if you were going to go do that, it, it's impossible. So it's like, go be truthful because then you can make a calculated plan. How much am I willing to give on this endeavor? Am I willing to die on this endeavor? then you're going to go, you're willing to give it all. And I'm not willing to die, but I really want this bad. So maybe somewhere on the 80% mark. So like be truthful with yourself. So then you can actually freaking know what, what chips you have to work with, right? If you're on a poker table, you need to know your chips. So then you know how much you got. So. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that self-honesty is huge. <clears throat> and like when you were earlier, and I know I'm going back a little bit, when you were talking about how you're pretty good at what you do, like everybody that I meet that's really good at what they do, they've achieved that level of self-honesty where they're like, hey, I'm pretty good, like compared to most people, but like I'd like to be better, you know? So like it, it's not it's not egotistical to say that you're pretty good at something, which is something that I've struggled with a, a lot in my life is just to admit that like, hey, like I'm, I'm okay at, you know, X, Y, and Z and like I'm better than mm -hmm. these other people because it sounds weird, but it's just a you're selling yourself short if you're not honest with yourself about the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Well, we, so. I think we had that conversation at that film release at, at Vegas, yeah. right? We were talking about, cause okay. Oh, I might have to go speak, et cetera. I don't want to sound like, but you're like, well, are you good at what you, what you do? No, I'm okay. You're like, no, like really, are you good at what you do? It's like, it's, it's okay to like have that self belief and like, yeah, I actually am pretty, pretty damn good. Um, it's not where I want to be at, but like, you got to have that confidence that like to gain other people's respect yeah. in a way. Cause you can't, you, you gotta, I guess what we had, I had the conversation of, we got to play that dichotomy to use one of Dr. Willings word is a balance of being self-deprecating where you have humility, 
but not self-deprecating to a point where it takes away people's respect for you. Like you don't yeah. want, you want to gain respect. You don't want to self self-sabotage yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the self-respect, right? Like if someone asks you a question, just be honest about it. Like, yeah, like I did, I'm pretty good at what I do, you know, like, but you know, I'm, I'm working on X, Y, Z, you know, like, cause none of us want to say like, we're good. I don't know what it is, but like, it, it's so hard to be like, you know, well, I'm a pretty smart guy. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to say stuff like that, but I, I do want to talk about that film because, um, you did create those relationships with the Everly stock guys. We've had Glenn Everly and, and, uh, uh I think Mike McBride on the podcast before from Everly stock, mm -hmm. you know, you and I met at the uh, out there event. And then obviously out at, at, in Vegas, we linked back up. Um, how did that relationship really blossom to the point where you ended up doing that film that was incredible with, uh, with Glenn? Yeah. So, uh, honestly, I didn't talk to Glenn much, um, after that. And then that next fall, I had a little bit of time in my schedule and I was going to go on a deer hunt. So I messaged Brandon with MKC and then, uh, I was like, Hey, you can bring one other guy since Josh can't come and let's go all have fun and go hunting together. So then Casey from Ebola stock ended up coming out. And then the story that uh, Glenn gave me was, you know, Casey went out, we got some of the best photos that Ebola stock has ever gotten. Cause I know this one spot where like has the best sunsets on this planet. Like it's, it's, it's insane. The sunsets you get in the spot. Like I can't even describe it. The orange that comes and like cast over everything, but I digress. And, uh, Casey went back and I, Casey is a, is a very smart guy and he's, he's very happy all the time. And it's awesome. Uh, but one thing that I, from what I've heard is that he's usually not good at like debriefings and neither am I, so I can't judge. Um, so like right, right in the paperwork out. Well, after that trip, I guess he wrote this huge long paper about how the trip was, how good it was and the perspective that he had. And then Glenn read that and Glenn was like, whoa, this is like not Casey. Like what happened on this trip? So then after that trip, Glenn was like, well, I kind of want a piece of this, like whatever happened on like that. So uh, that's how that kind of blossomed into, into that hunt was Glenn's like, well, that was a new side of Casey that something brought out. Um, so it, it, was, it was fun because Casey's an awesome human being. Glenn's an awesome human being. Uh, and it goes back to, I mean, I didn't make any money and it was some time and effort and planning on my end on that, on that hunt with Casey and Brandon. So it's like understanding that you, you got to balance it because you can't sell yourself short and you can't do stuff for free all the time because then you just don't make any money and you can't take care of your family. But understanding that you've never made it to the top of the mountain where things should be handed to you because the moment you have that mentality is the moment you're about to fall off. Um, so it's, it's a constant influence, a constant battle of, I guess, doing good where people want to continue to work with you. Um, cause like that, that was a lot of, um, time, money and effort on my end to do that hunt with Casey and Brandon where I didn't make a penny off of it. But then that led to a greater relationship. And that's how I met you. That's how I met a bunch of other, like, truly phenomenal people, even though I, I didn't have to. Like, I, I could have called someone and, like, planned to 
plan to hunt with another outfit or did something to make money. But it's like, I think there's something here in this relationship. I don't know, but I'm going to bet on it and see what happens. So you got to, you got to bet on opportunity. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you got to bet on yourself too, right? Like, like you mm-hmm. said, you didn't make any money, but like, it, it's just one of those things that you're just, you, you have a feeling about things, you know, and like you meet good people and you have a, a, a an, an idea that might may or may not work out. But like, it's just that, that the, your willingness to take opportunities and to take risks and to bet on yourself um, and, and to put it all out there is, is, is pretty ridiculous um, in a good way, in a good way. Sorry. Don't, don't hurt me, Caleb. Um, so when they, when they approached you for, for that, that movie that they did, the, uh, uh, what is the final measure? Uh, full measure. Yeah. Yep. Full, yeah. full measure. Sorry. Um, yeah. I have the hat somewhere up there. Um, how, how did that all like come together? Cause it looked pretty in depth, you know, cause well, I'll let you tell the story, but like you took Glenn out to Alaska for a big thing. Yeah. So it was fun. So, uh, me and Glenn were talking, I walk with some of the best outfitters in Alaska, truly phenomenal people. And that's kind of how I've set what I do up is guys would come to me and I'll be like, well, I'll go with this guy or this guy or this guy or that. And I really figure out what hunt they want to do and then point them in the right direction. And then if, if they are a really good guy, I'll go out and guide them. Uh, so that's how all those pieces came together and how the film came together was, um, uh, I, I kind of have like a, every film I do, I don't want it just to be a hunting film because like, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, because there's a lot of, like, and I'm not talking bad about the hunting industry, but guys that go out and kill doll sheep and, or kill brown bear, or et cetera, and they think they're the shit. And it's like, let's be honest. How many people have done this already? Like, we're not that cool. Like, just be honest with yourself. So, like, people have already done this, so there's no need to get a big ego about this. So that's why I really don't, care about just make a hunting film because it's, it's already been done. So how do we tie it to something deeper um, to that? So what that led to was Evelyn Stock wanted to make a film out of it. And what I've learned through years past of making other films on my own is that what comes out of that film is just as much as the person behind the camera as it is as the person in front of the camera, because if you have the wrong guy, he might capture all the wrong stuff and miss all the golden nuggets, all the pieces of wisdom that happen on the hunt. So it's like you might have had a phenomenal hunt and had so many like moments of eye opening, like revelations on that hunt that could have been valuable for the audience. But this guy has it in his mind that, ooh, we're going to go make a do to do hunt film. And it's like, so then it's a waste of time. Yep. So I went went through and found the filmmaker Jack out of the UK. Uh, and it's kind of funny how all the dots connected on that relationship. But I was like, this is who we need to have film this hunt. Cause I, I knew Glenn, like, I didn't know him super well, but I read his personality. He's, he's not going to deal with, um, let me think of this. People that don't respect other people's, like you, you have to have a professional, right? Because yeah, if you don't yeah. have a professional, it's going to be super annoying. Um, and Jack was that, so that's that's how those dots got connected. So it was fun. Um, I was like the backseat uh, director. I found the camera guy, found the. Uh, so it was fun putting all the pieces together, and then uh, 
watching the final product like happen because like usually I'm more involved, like show me all the edits. I want this and this and this changed, but it was fun. Like orchestrating a team together. That was phenomenal. The outfitter was phenomenal. The videographer was phenomenal. Casey came out and knew he was phenomenal. And then Glenn was there. So it was a, it was a big hunting expedition. Like usually it's uh at most three with the camera guy. And usually it's one on one or two guys. Well, we had four guys on that trip. So we had a, we had a party going up the mountains. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's how that all came to be, uh, together. Um, and it was fun having the opportunity to, to connect the dots like that to make, honestly, in my opinion, the best doll sheep hunting film that I've ever seen anyways. Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And, and, you know, we were out there and they, they rented out that theater and showed us that, that, that movie. And I'm not saying I got emotional, but I was very excited to watch the movie and it, it turned out fantastic. And so if anybody out there hasn't watched it yet, it's uh the, the full measure. Uh, I think it's on YouTube uh, where you take Glenn out for uh, a hunt that he's never been on and he wanted to get it done. Um, and this is not the only thing you do. Like, I, I think I want to say like, you're very like people oriented and you do like connecting all those dots. I think you're good at it. You know, you're in a, you're in a people business. Like you could say you're in the hunting business, but really it's like, you're really good at people or you have to be good at people. And so like you have a, a bunch of other side projects going on right now. Um, what are those other projects that you're working on to like help people connect dots and to, to make these things uh, more accessible? Absolutely. So uh, it's outfit of services. Um, and it's, the idea came from about four years ago. I was did a short stint walking for this guy that uh, seems to have his stuff together, but really wasn't that good of a person. Like you read his, after you get to know the guy, you're like, yeah, that guy's for sure a sociopath. Um, so it's like, well, I'll still play off for that guy, but yet he's really good at lying. So at first content, uh, you, uh, contact, you don't recognize that. Um, I, as you get older, you, I think you get better at that. But as, but anyways, what I came from is like, I wanted to create a platform that's similar to Airbnb for hunting, fishing and firearms training where someone can like, I want to go learn how to manipulate a call bean to the best of my ability. They can get on there and they can go to training, carbine, these dates in this area hit search and all the classes that are in that area pop up and I can scroll through and I can see who the guy that most accurately aligns to the needs that I want and go with that person. So I'm going to go book that trip now, click on it, book, I paid the down payment and now I'm going on that experience. Well then over time that starts to build reputation like just like airbnb the the bad hosts go away because no one wants to book their houses and the good hosts rise to the top same way with outfitters and trainers so that way we can elevate the people that are truly passionate and love what they do and want to share with others and then we can get rid of the jack-offs that are just idiots um so that that that's the main thing i have going on is uh, outfitter services it's, it's a lot of fun so if you want to go Without sounding too much like a, a sleazy uh, salesman that's just trying to sell my product, right? You can go create an account, look at the hunts that are on there. And we have uh, some big things coming down the pipeline that I'm not ready to talk about yet. But uh, other ways to even help the guy that needs the budget to go on those trips, some pieces that are going to help with that down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if I'm starting from zero, how do I, how does that go? Because like, I might go to the wrong training to start with. Like, is there, is there someone I can talk to? Like, 
you know, if I'm, if I don't know if I should use a, a, a 300 wind mag or a 308 for a certain type of hunt, like that I have in my mind, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what if I go to the wrong training and I'm shooting, you know, they, they have me shooting five, five, six instead of something that I, is more appropriate for the hunt that I'm trying to get to. Like, is there any way for me to figure that out? Yeah. So if you, if you get on like the class, right, it's going to have recommended equipment from that instructor. So it's up, but it's up to that individual to have that baseline knowledge. So self-educate yourself. If you have no idea if I need, uh, um, it goes back to asking stupid questions. If you ever, uh, Hey, do I, would 223 be enough to go on a moose hunt? Do a Google search, research that. Right? So if you are a person looking to go on like experiences, do the baseline level of research. And then that information is going to be enough to, okay, I need to go look for this type of like training event. And that's up to the instructor on the, let's keep it on the firearm side of things. He's going to be like, this is a carbine course. You're going to need this, this, and this, and this, this area. These are the dates. And then, so that way it, it could, it presents all the information to that potential customer client. And then that outfitter slash shooting instructor shows that he's a professional because he can get all that information to that person that's coming to the class in one spot. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I think we're, we're getting here towards the end. And I, I, I wanted to say, uh, I already told everybody you're not part of this community, but like I would, I, if I was in a selection course and you were there, like I said, I'm not kidding. I, I think that class would be more successful with you in it. Uh, our, our demographic that we usually hit is like 15 to 25 people look, looking to join the special operations community. We always ask our guests uh, to give them advice. So from you, uh, just being a, a highly successful, you know, younger person, uh, you've been through some stuff. You know, you've you've almost died. I don't know how many times. I'm pretty sure uh, that logging story was absolutely insane. Um, but if you're going to give uh, some of these p- folks out here advice, uh, the one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece. Don't don't always look for the answers outside of yourself. Sometimes you just got to like go with your gut feeling and understand that if you put in enough thought and you humble. You don't need to ask a thousand questions before you make a decision. Like it's good to ask questions. Don't make, don't get me wrong, but if you have the knowledge and you got the facts, don't expect someone else to make the decision for you. Like you make the decision. So if if this is special forces, what you want to do, don't wait to your dad's approval, parents' approval, whoever's approval you're seeking. Like if this is something you want to do, then fucking go do it. And don't expect someone else to open your eyes to it. Like that's that's your job. That's no one else's. Absolutely perfect. Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, uh, like the lessons that you've you you know you put out there are, are absolutely valuable. So I appreciate it. Uh, for everybody else out there, like subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you later. Appreciate you listening.